0: I will defy time. And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, TV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left. But who is on the straight and narrow? I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to Watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to com. There's two videos on the top of the page, and the one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. I'd highly recommend everybody listen to it. You know, Brad, Bradley is one that goes at it, and yesterday was just a really heartfelt moment there near the end um, You know, for one of our listeners. And, boy, if you think Bradley is just some mean guy or something just because he's he tries to speak the truth— um, y'all really ought to listen to that. It's, 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 um, yeah, y'all ought to listen to it. Let me put it that way. And he'll be live at 3 PM in that area on sun on the right side is where we're streaming live. Please press play and then blow it up on whatever device you've got. Uh, click on the bottom right hand corner of r- where it says Rumble. Join us in the chat over there. In fact, we're streaming on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also streaming on com. top of the page there, DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, and also Twitch at Setting Brushfires. And if you've got a Roku device, we're on there at Cutting Edge TV, and we appreciate those guys carrying us as well. Right under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, Please do that and help us out. Also, let me throw in this. The pre-show music, I keep forgetting to do this. I throw it in the archive. But the pre-show music is provided to us by uh, Leah. And uh, she's a homeschool mom. She's a Celtic uh, metal artist. (laughs) And uh, she's also a music marketer. And uh, she's been kind enough to let us use her music. And uh, so if you want to support Leah, uh, you can also pick up her book. I had that in there. Diapers, dishes, and Dominion, or something like that, uh, that she's got out. You can pick up that. You can also pick up her music by clicking the link in the archive that we'll have to the pre-show music. So I want to throw that out there. Also, if you want to, if you agree with our message and you want to help us, uh, we're not just on internet. We're not just on the radio. We're out there among the people, reminding them of our Christian and constitutional heritage in the in the fifty states. If you want to help us in that, there's a donate button at the top of sons of Click on that, and make a one time donation. Our partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And uh, we appreciate all of our supporters, even if you're not giving financially, if you're praying, if you're coming in, if you're listening on the radio, whatever, we appreciate you very much. And our store is also available. This week we're highlighting Bradley's uh, Prayer That Rocked a Capitol DVD. Now, this is from 2011. He was invited to give the opening prayer there at the Minnesota State House. And within 10 minutes of him leaving, 2,000 outlets across America were putting words in his mouth. Uh, saying all kinds of things that just weren't true. And uh, if you want to see how the mockingbird media works, this is it. This is what you can see. This is what they'll do to those who speak the truth. And, um, it's pretty fascinating. Anyway, it's normally a donation of $20. You can get 50% off of this DVD this week, only through Saturday night at midnight. When you use the promo code prayer, pretty simple, right? <laughs> the prayer that Rocked the capital, use promo code prayer. You get 50% off that DVD. And, um, so if you've if if you you whoops if you've been wanting to do that, uh, now's the time to do it, okay, if you've been wanting to pick up that DV. All right, we've got a special guest on with us from down under, and we're going to bring him on in just a minute. I told him he might have to endure watching himself for a few minutes here, but this is just to give you an idea of who the man is and what he's saying here, and then we're going to talk to him about it because they're having the same issues down there that we're having here except, I think, in a more tyrannical fashion that Australia is facing things, and this is uh, Senator... Uh, Malcolm Roberts, and he gave this speech. Now it runs about nine minutes, so bear with me, but listen to what he puts forth. Uh, in my estimation, he seems like he's the equivalent of what we have here is, of Senator Ron Johnson, who had a panel. We're going to ask him about that. But let's get on to this so we can bring Malcolm on. Take a listen to what he had to say. Kingsland and Australia. Tonight I'm speaking to this parliament's therapeutic
1: response to COVID-19 and its horrific medical harm and loss of life in that response. Last week, leading Australian parliamentarians came together in an event I organised called COVID Under Question to present documented evidence and victim testimony proving a catastrophic failure of Australia's regulatory framework. COVID vaccine injuries are hidden behind anonymous government data, while COVID virus, supposed harm, is splashed across prime time. The very least we can do for the victims of COVID vaccines is to say their names. Victims like Caitlin George, Georgia Gotts, a healthy and vibrant 23-year-old studying at Griffith University to become a vet while working as a horse trapper, Caitlin dropped dead at work of a heart attack following his second Pfizer shot. Her death was recorded as asthma, a condition Caitlin has never had. Reginald Lynn Shearer, a formerly healthy, fit and active man who quickly went downhill, and passed away from effects that began after receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine. Daniel Perkins, a 36-year-old healthy father from Albion Park, who died of a heart attack in his sleep following his second Pfizer injection. Douglas James Roberts died after taking AstraZeneca. His family are concerned that his GP didn't warn him of the side effects of the vaccine. In other words, no informed consent was obtained. Neurosurgeons at the Royal Brisbane Hospital attributed his death to a stroke, despite no family history and a clean bill of health. They refused to report his death to the TGA, refused. The Australian Health Practitioner Regulatory Agency, (APRA) has been bullying medical practitioners into not reporting or even for talking about the harm they are seeing. The TGA erased 98% of the 800 vaccine deaths. 98% erased that physicians reported without autopsy, or suitable, and TGA did so without autopsy or suitable consideration of all the patient medical data. TGA, Atagi, and APRA are the three monkeys of the pharmaceutical industry. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Section 22D2 of the Therapeutic Goods Act 1989 requires the Secretary of the Department of Health to ensure the quality, safety, and efficacy of the vaccines were satisfactorily established for each cohort for which the provisional approval is being guaranteed is being granted. Data recently revealed in court papers in the United States clearly shows vaccine harm was apparent in the clinical trials that Pfizer, BioNTech and others conducted. This information, if ATAGI had bothered to ask for it, should have resulted in a refusal of the application for provisional use. No data was provided to the secretary regarding individual test subjects, technically anonymised patient clinical data. No independent analysis of the fundamental issues surrounding novel mRNA vaccines was conducted in Australia, none in Australia. Instead, the Secretary took Pfizer, AstraZeneca and Moderna's word for it. I will say that again. The Secretary took pharmaceutical companies' word for the safety of their products. These are the same pharmaceutical companies that have been fined over and over for criminal behaviour. AstraZeneca, you. 355 million US dollar fine for fraud and separately, $550 million dollar fine for making unfounded unfounded claims about efficacy. Pfizer, $430 million dollars fine for making unfounded claims about efficacy, efficacy and $2.3 billion dollar fine, billion dollar fine for making unfounded claims about efficacy and for proving and for paying kickbacks. This is who the Liberal, Nationals, Labor and Greens, a very own pharmaceutical lobby, wants to pay more money to. Not on the basis of extensive local testing and inquiry, simply on the basis of taking pharmaceutical companies' safety insurances. No testing, an assurance made easy by indemnity against any damage the vaccines cause. What deceit, what criminal incompetence. The Labor Party and the Liberal National Party have accepted $1 million each from the pharmaceutical, benefit, uh, pharmaceutical establishment in this election cycle alone. Billions more are being set aside in this week's budget to pay the pharmaceutical companies to keep their COVID-19 gravy train going. What great value this parliament provides for those electoral donations. Mention should be made of the TGA's decision to ban safe, fully approved and widely accepted alternatives to COVID-19 vaccines. This includes hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, vitamins, minerals, and natural antivirals, as well as proven messaging around healthy eating and lifestyles. The decision to ban proven safe, affordable, accessible alternative treatments that are working around the world was taken to ensure the fastest and widest possible adoption of the vaccines. The TGA's own customers Fund the TGA, that means pharmaceutical companies fund their own products approval. That fails the pub test. Where are the checks and balances? There are none. The Australian Bureau of Statistics is culpable in this scandal and cover up. The Australian Bureau of Statistics annual budget is $400 million. And the most recent mortality data they provide is November last year, four months behind. The most recent breakdown of mortality by cause and age is 2020. The most recent data on live births is 2020. Birth data used to be available six weeks after, not 15 months and counting, hiding miscarriages. At what point do we consider the actions of the TGA, ATAGI and the Australian Bureau of Statistics as interfering with the operation of the Senate? Peer-reviewed and suitably published data has been released from outside of the government that must require the secretary to cancel the provisional approval of the vaccines. Let me review those quickly so the Senate fully understands the extent to which we have been misled. Firstly, freedom of information documents indicate the TGA has failed to assess the reproductive te- toxicology of the COVID vaccines. Freedom of information documents indicate the TGA has failed to assess the impact of micro and RNA sequences and related molecular genetic issues on the human body. Peer-reviewed and published in, in vitro research shows gene-based vaccine-generated spike proteins can migrate into human cell nuclei to disrupt DNA repair mechanisms. The TGA has dealt with this abysmally, murderously. Vaccine-derived RNA can be reverse transcribed, leading to possible integration into the human genome, which the TGA denies based only on pharmaceutical companies telling them to deny it. Five, internal Pfizer data released in February indicate they accept 1,272 different adverse vaccine events, including paralysis and death. German and US insurance actuarial data suggest the TGA's database of adverse event notifications is under reporting side effects ninefold. Freedom of information documents from 2018 shows the TGA keeps two databases of, of adverse event notifications one internal showing all reports of harm and one public that shows only a part of those. This means vaccine harm is most likely significantly higher than reported. Significantly higher than reported. Without honest and accurate data, the Senate has no way of deciding how much harm is too much harm. German pathologists describe pathological aggregates of spike proteins and lymphocyte infiltrations in inflamed organs in autopsies related to deaths post-vaccination. In response, the TGA is failing to conduct autopsies on the 800 Australians. The patient's own doctors have reported as having died from the vaccines. What the hell is the TGA hiding? Whistleblowers to the British Medical Journal provided reports of inadequacies, irregularities and possible fraudulent practices in the Pfizer vaccine trial. You know, the same trials for which the TGA took Pfizer's word. From a modern immunological perspective, too frequent vaccines for respiratory viruses runs the risk of desensitising the immune responses to the virus and thus lead to hypoimmunity and worse illness than without the immunisation. To put that more simply, repeated vaccination is doing more harm than good. These are the matters I sought today to refer to the Select Committee on COVID-19 Without Success. And I thank Senators Hansen, Abetz, Rennick and Antic for their support, for their integrity and courage. The truth is the Select Committee on COVID-19 has been running a protection racket for the pharmaceutical industry and today's vote proves that. This unprecedented betrayal of the Australian people must be referred immediately to the Royal Commission, to a Royal Commission, to the Prime Minister, the Health Minister, the the Federal Health Department and all those in the Senate and the House of Representatives, all of you who have perpetrated this crime, I direct one question. How the hell do you expect to get away with it? We're not going to let you get away with it. We won't let you get away with it. We are coming for you. We have the stamina to hound you down, and we damn well will.
0: Amen. Amen. And it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, for the first time, uh, Senator Malcolm Roberts. Good morning, sir. Good evening, Tim. It's, That's, it's the evening down under. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like about 12, 12 hours or something ahead of us there. Yeah. You're about 14. Whereabouts are you in the States? Uh, we're in the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, so we're on the East Coast here. Okay, so you are fifteen hours in front. I think. Yeah, we're we're quite. Anyway, it's your
1: good morning, and I am wishing you a good morning.
0: Yeah, good and good evening to you. (laughs) Now, listen, I I saw this video. I put it up on my Rumble channel uh, first of April. Uh, So I am assuming you made this sometime in March. And I was really taken taken aback that you were so forward to call it out, and you even you kind of. I don't know sheepishly asked murderously and and one of your things I think there's mur- <laughs> there's there's a planned genocide that's going on and you guys probably should see that more than we do because of the tyranny that I've seen in video from you know the the man on the street kind of stuff from Australia it can you give us a little background of of who you are before we get into that and how you got into what you're doing and what you your, what your I, I want to call it a symposium or whatever, that you did is similar to our Senator Ron Johnson, where you brought people in who had been fec- affected by the COVID shots. Can you, can you help people understand a little bit about where you are with all of that? Sure. We ran
1: something called COVID Under Question. It was an inquiry, not an official parliamentary inquiry, but it was an inquiry we held. I invited uh, like-minded uh, members of parliament, senators and House of Representatives uh, from across parties, and the only condition was that they genuinely ask questions and not make it political, and every one of them did so. We had members from several parties there, Tim, and they un- unearthed. Well, they didn't really have to unearth because we didn't really uh, ask probing questions because the, the uh, witnesses we selected were already just spilling their, their guts. They were emptying their hearts, emptying their minds out, just telling the truth, and so our job was fairly easy. We started uh, in in March well about uh, eight o'clock in the morning uh, we had no morning tea, no morning break. We had five minutes for lunch and just kept eating on the go and then we had five minutes we had no break in the afternoon and then we finished at seven thirty in the evening and we could have done it for two days Tim it was just so so um, so deep, so involved, so intense we we covered the human costs we we in, engaged people who had vaccine I won't call them vaccines. They're, they're experimental gene therapy treatments. Yeah, I mean the injections cost. Uh, we ex- we examined the business and professional costs, uh, the cost to professionals who've been set aside uh, under under injection mandates and who've lost their businesses. We uh, explored uh, some very interesting work. Um, dark film microscope slides of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, geometric objects in there that no one can explain. Uh, we explored the conflicts of interest with the, within the health, we used to call it the health service. It's now what I refer to as a disease industry. It makes money out of, out of causing disease and even killing people and then treating them. Uh, we explored the therapeutic goods administration and with someone, a veteran of of 30 years experience with the TGA. And that's like your FDA. It approves, approves injections and improves, it approves medications. We looked at the death data looked at the media, uh, their culpability. I loved your word, by the way. What was it now? Mockingbird media. We call it the legacy media, but mockingbird's better. Um, We considered alternative treatments. We looked at the constitutional and legal aspects, and we called for a royal commission. And and I've got to pay tribute to Dr. Uh, Jerry Brady in Australia who organised some eminent foreign physicians, scientists, medical experts. Um, you, You know these people. Uh Peter McCulloch, Pierre Corey, Tess Laurie, Kat, uh I've forgotten Kat's second name. Um, lovely lady from a uh, female doctor from, from uh Dallas, Texas. Um, Dr. Brian Tyson from Imperial Valley, California. Um, Pierre Corey, we had an interesting time with him because um Pierre Pierre got mixed up and, and he thought it was a week uh later than than we actually called him. So when he didn't appear on, on our uh Zoom, we called him and he said, oh, no, it's next week. And we said, no, it's today. So there he was in the <laughs> middle of a street in Puerto Rico and just talking. He went for 15 minutes and talked absolute, complete sense, fabulous, fabulous man. Wow. So strong, so knowledgeable. And McCulloch, McCulloch is just amazing. But all the people we had were amazing. Uh, so uh, we, we really did that in the in we put that together in three weeks. And and so um it was a real eye opener from for a lot of people. It's gone around the world. So we're very pleased that we've helped crack the shell.
0: Yeah one of the one of the stories that uh you talked about was uh this this young lady, 23 year old Caitlin, and her mother was there. We we covered the story here at sons of dot com along with uh, obviously your your uh your statements there that we just played And can you tell us a little bit about what you heard from uh, Caitlin's mother with regard to what happened to her with the shots here and any other? You made mention of them, but can you give us a little more detail? You're there. You're you're hearing it. You're not only hearing it. I'm assuming you're feeling something there from the distress. These people are like uh, like the people in the States. They're like, where's the justice? And the thing I liked about you, Malcolm, and I don't you know, I don't know you. I don't know you from Adam. Uh, but I'm looking for you to put your money where your mouth is. You, you say, we're coming for you. We're going to hold you guys accountable because we know that you know that we know that you know what you were doing was dangerous to the people, even murderous. You, you, you premeditated this because you put it out to the public, knowing the dangers that were there. We're seeing that in the uh, documents Pfizer's turning out that they wanted to hide for 75 years. Our FDA, by the way, is unconstitutional they're not authorized in our Constitution under Article 1. Uh, neither is many of the F, well, all of the three-letter agencies because the law enforcement is is the people of the United States, the militia, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. So can you help people understand a little bit about what you heard when you sat in there and you listened to people like Kate's mom talk about what had happened to her? Certainly. And and by the way, a lot of what we
1: are experiencing in this country has been beyond the law. It's not in accordance with the law. It's beyond That's the right. law. Yeah, and 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 it's it's been staged. I read um, Robert F. Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and what an amazing book that yes, is. Yes, yes, uh, that really opened my eyes. Up until then, I just thought it was incompetence, stupidity, gutlessness, ignorance. Um, what do you call that? Groupthink and uh, mob mob uh, mob behavior. Uh, you know, one monkey goes down the down down the path, and the rest all follow as a herd, as a, as sheep, really. But when I read um, Robert F Kennedy's book, I realised this has been planned and premeditated. Uh, it's very, very well organised over a number of years. They've taken, for example, our Australian Health uh, Practitioners Regulatory Agency APRA, overseas doctors, and they've been making threats to doctors, bullying doctors, stopping them from um intimidating them and stopping them from reporting uh, injection injuries uh telling them not to speak about uh anything adverse with the injections not have, only only supporting the injections um and and so what we we cannot as senators we cannot get access to the ahpra australian health uh, practitioners regulatory agency and that's it that's immoral it's wrong it breaches our democracy and, and so what we're supposed to be able to do, Tim, as senators is hold accountable members of the bureaucracy, ministers in the government, your equivalent of your secretaries of, of departments. And, uh, and we can't do that with APRA. And it was taken out of line several years ago. And I believe it was premeditated to do that so that they could run amuck amongst doctors and control doctors. Now coming back to Caitlin, her mother, what a wonderful woman she is. Uh, she told us a story and, and, I must confess that um, what you saw in, in, the, in the video of, of us with the, with the injection injured, I think we had five altogether, um, was a second take. Because the first take, one of our staff, who's a wonderful young man, he forgot to push the record button. But in the, what you didn't see then was the first time we heard that. And there were tears just running down my cheek, my cheeks. Oh, mine saying, too, when the- I
0: heard just the video.
1: Oh, we, but you, you heard the softer version because, you know, when you hear, when you tell it a second time, uh, the mother didn't put as much energy into it because it was new, old news for us. And we didn't ha- we all, already knew what was coming. But the first time, it was just so, so shocking for us, so sad. We, we, but then, you know, it's one thing to have a death, and that's, that's de- disgusting. It's deplorable. It's, it's inhuman. But then, then to see the way companies behave when they mandate these injections, these experimental gene therapy treatments. We we heard one employee from a, from a uh, very large Australian company with international coverage, and, and he was coerced, mandated, bullied into getting his Pfizer shot, I think it was, his first one. He had to go to hospital because of the consequences. And then he came back after asked the hospital to stay came back, and this damn employer forced him to get a second one. And he said no. So they stood him down. They suspended his sick leave, his entitlements to sick leave. They suspended all of that. Fortunately, he got workers' compensation, so he's now on a reduced salary, but you know his career's been finished. But for, he, he was such a state that he couldn't pick up his own two-year-old boy. Now, that does enormous damage to the two-year-old, does enormous damage to the family, enormous damage to him. But they – imagine that. Imagine asking that man – telling that man he must get a second shot after coming close to dying in the first shot. I mean, you just don't think that people behave like that. So that's the kind of things we've got going on in this country, in your country, I understand, in many of the Western democracies. You know, it's just just disgusting. But Caitlin, as she told us, as, as Caitlin's mum, as she told us the story, Raylene, it, the tears were just running down our cheeks. Big Craig Kelly next to me, a member of the United Australia Party, Big George Christian, a member of Christensen, a member of the National Party. Similarly, eyes moist and and tears running down their cheek. Just just the sheer depravity of of these people that are pushing this. You know, and and that Anthony Fauci, I refer to him as a genocidal maniac because he He has tendencies
0: towards genocidal mania. It is just this is inhuman what's going on. Well and he promotes the whole thing that we're talking about going on right now and I I did I listened to the book I I get the audible version so I can I can do it while I'm working but I heard that too and then I had already done some articles this isn't uh Anthony Fauci's first go around you know a decade ago they were pushing the swine mm-hmm. flu stuff and the people who were killed from the shots and everything else and and adverse effects from that and then back in what the 80s and the 90s he was pushing AZT as yeah, some kind of remedy for AIDS and it was killing off the people faster than whatever they had was it was doing because I'm not necessarily convinced it was AIDS. But I think a lot of this stuff that they've pushed, uh, they've had they've had a a goal in that. One is they're making money. There's a there's a conflict of interest when you own patents on viruses and uh quote unquote. I'm just going to call them shots. I'm not even going to call them vaccines. Uh You've got those kinds of things, whether they're the CDC. I don't know what you guys have there in Australia that might be equivalent to that. But I don't, Malcolm, I don't think government has authority in the area of health or any of that stuff, because the fact of the matter is, you know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 91, we're to trust in the Lord. That's first and foremost. And so where we see these kinds of things come in, we can know that the hand of God is in there. And and the thing I liked about you was you were saying, we're going to hold you accountable. We know you're doing this. We're going to hold you accountable. Isaiah 30, 18 says, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you, for the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him? We want justice because we're made in his image. And we see these, like what you said, these pharmaceutical companies cold, hardened, wanting to justify themselves for the crimes they've committed against the people. And you're saying, no, 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 guys, this is a crime. And I guess my ultimate question to you is the ones I ask of my representatives, when are we going to have some resolve? It's one thing to say it. What do you have as a senator there in Australia to push that forward? So we can move Judgment Day up a little closer for these guys who've committed these crimes against the people. Well, first of all, let's, let's, just, um, let's just
1: summarize the crime or summarize the, the motive, really. Uh, there are two motives. There's, there's money and control. This yep. is the largest wealth transfer in Australia's history, Tim. $8 billion plus to Big Pharma with no testing in Australia. Minimal testing that certainly doesn't meet the requirements for testing in America, um, lies, deceit, cover up of, of, hun- of thousands of deaths, and now covering in the trial phase alone, and now c- covering up or, or sh- setting aside tens of thousands of deaths due to these injections in your country, thirty plus, or maybe forty thousand deaths in Europe due to these injections. So we're looking at a massive wealth transfer. We we cannot as as tax as taxpayers and as representatives of taxpayers and citizens we cannot get access to the contracts that our government has signed with Big Pharma. uh, What do they call it now? Commercial in confidence. Complete crap. This this is no accountability. So it's a massive wealth transfer. But the second and bigger bigger uh, motive is control. This the mismanagement of this virus in our country, and I believe in your country too and throughout the West, has been abysmal because there has never been any intent at all to manage the virus. There has never been any intent to control the virus. The intent, the aim, has been to use the virus to control us. Now let's continue setting the scene. Um, I've asked the government right from the start for the data of this virus. They wouldn't give it to me. I asked the chief medical officer for the federal government he gave me the, the evidence, the data, and I asked him for it in relative terms as well as absolute. He shows that the transmissibility is high, big deal, okay, just like the common cold, just like seasonal flus, it's high. Um, and then he shows the severity all in one graph, and the severity is low to moderate, not severe, not high, low to moderate, less than some past seasonal flus. We also know further, Tim, that it it can kill people, but usually the elderly, the frail, the vulnerable, those with compromised immune systems and those with uh, comorbidities, obesity, uh, and and serious deficiencies. The deaths have still been no more than is usual. There's no pandemic of deaths for this so-called deadly pandemic. It's not a pandemic, it's not a deadly pandemic because there's been no pandemic of deaths. The deaths have been below the, the upper level of the... with it, The deaths have been within the range of normal all-cause mortality deaths year in, year out in this country. The same applies around the world. There's been no pandemic of deaths. What the When the deaths did go above the upper limit in this country was soon after the injections were introduced and we believe their injection-induced deaths. So the control and and the, and the wealth transfer. Now, how will we hold them accountable? The first thing is we will do it calmly. We're not gonna get into name-calling. We're not gonna get into rubbishing people. We're gonna get into just using of data, using of facts. Now, Robert F. Kennedy's book showed me that this has been stitched together globally. There's no doubt about that. We have the graduates from the World Economic Forum's uh, Young Leaders, Global Young Global Leaders uh, program. We have Trudeau in Canada. We have Macron in, in France. We have Ardern in New Zealand. We have Merkel in Germany. We have Biden. I don't think he's a graduate, but he's severely influenced by, under the World Economic Forum, and it's, it's like-minded uh, people at the UN. We have Joe Biden. We have Morrison in this country, Scott Morrison in this country. These people came out with the same slogans within hours of each other around the world, completely orchestrated, yep. completely controlled. So we understand that. So what we'll do is we will persist. We're up against an organized crime syndicate. That's very, very clear. So it, they've they've done an enormous planning. They've done rehearsals of this. They have simulated these very aspects over many, many years. We will get the data. It's slowly but surely coming out. We will get the facts. We will persist and persist and persist. We don't give up. I'm very proud to be in Senator Pauline Hansen's party, One Nation Party. And she is known for her positions. They tried to jail her because she came up with a valid third force in politics in the 1990s. And she's been kicked in the guts. She's been smashed so many times, intimidated, ridiculed. The woman keeps standing up. And now there are more of us and we will keep standing up. So I can't tell you where, where we're going to bring these people down, but we are probing in this country, in in the courts, we are probing through the people. We've had enormous success with with demonstrations. Aussies just don't want to demonstrate, but this time they're out in force, um, and we'll de- we'll do it through the political arena as well. Um, we'll do it through very many different types of political arena. We can hold them accountable in Senate estimates. They're starting to crack now. Under this, they're starting to crack, but it's so well well designed. This scam, this this crime that it's very difficult to crack. But we are g- getting beachheads there. We're getting cracks in the dike. And so we will. What we need is to persist, to hmm. persist, and
0: to persist. And then we will get them. And we'll use all avenues to get them. Well, Malcolm, one of the things that I've seen from the people in Australia is they have been protesting. They've been going out and protesting. But the agents of the state go out there and attack them. They shoot them with rubber bullets. I mean, I've got videos. There's a lot of these cops that need to be brought to justice, too. Because they're not just doing their job. They're attacking the people whose rights they're infringing on. And another thing I want to throw at you, I, I maybe you've you've thought about this. I'm not sure. We have Kate Shimarani. You're probably familiar with her. She has a mother and a, a sister in Australia who are very concerned. They haven't been able to leave their houses and stuff uh, because of the mandates of, of Scott Morrison and, and other people there in the area. But I'm not convinced that we're dealing with a virus. I'm just going to tell you. I'm not convinced of it. Nobody has shown any data that shows that they watched something go from this this person to that person. And we have history, such as the Spanish flu, where they did 300 tests of healthy people and sick people. And they could not get, they took it from their nose, their eyes, their throat. They put it in the healthy people. They couldn't get it to transmit. And all of this is coming about by the time the radio comes out. Then we have television. Then we have 3G, 4G. Now we got 5G rolling out while everybody's locked down over the past couple of years. And we know these things affect our bodies and give us flu-like symptoms and things. Of course, now we're seeing the shots are producing these blood clots and all this other. But I just want to play this video. I, you may have seen this video. This is the guy who's the equivalent of the Chinese CDC. And listen to what he says here. Why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate a virus. That's the issue. What about live animal samples?
1: It doesn't tell you anything if they only test the positive. I do not suspect it's coming from uh,
0: what we originally thought. Okay, all right. So this guy tells you, tells us, and I get, I get he's a Chinaman, I get that. But the fact of the matter, he says we haven't isolated it. We've got the studies from the CDC that said they never isolated it. And even when you look at their isolation process, they don't really isolate anything. They throw it in with a bunch of other... Uh, genetic material to, and then try to do some kind of, you know, hocus pocus and say it's isolated. I think they've got us looking at one thing while they're hitting us with something else. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't know what you think or if you've looked into any of that as far as the rollout of 5G in, in your particular country. Well, I always go
1: by data, solid empirical evidence, Tim. So I won't make any comments on things that I haven't done the research on. So that I would only give you uninformed opinions, and that's worthless. Okay, fair enough. But fair enough. But we 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 do know that people are, have got these this virus with symptoms. So there is something there, and the symptoms uh, are common. But we also know that it's not very serious. I had the virus. Well, you're, you're you're questioning whether I had, what I had was a. Virus. You were sick, Let's right? You were sick. Virus. I, I was sick, um, and I tested. Now, the PCR tests were, were known exaggerations. They were blowing things, uh, making false positives by the, by the score. So we understand that as well. And we understand that was likely done, done deliberately because uh, they knew what they were doing. But I had the virus. Um, I felt very, very sore in my sacrum for, for one day. I rarely take any drugs at all. But I took a Panadol. Um, I don't know. I'm so ignorant about drugs. I don't even know what kind of um, (laughs) Me too. I don't take them, but what that's called. So, but that got rid of the sacrum pain straight away. Um, and then the next day I had a sore throat, but it wasn't a conventional sore throat. Like I had with a cold where it just aches for, for the whole time. This was only when it swallowed and it was like swallowing razor blades. It was extremely painful. Took a Panadol. That was it gone. Um, I felt very fuzzy in the head. I would wake up in the morning for three days, walk upstairs, collapse on the couch, come back downstairs, go to bed again. Um, and, and that's what I did. But it it felt fuzzy. And I just I deliberately took a lot of rest because I, I took it seriously, because I know people have died from it. But they've also died from the flu if they're old and, and vulnerable. That's right. So that's right. So um and and I can, all I can tell you is that um and I also took ivermectin. Uh, but all I can tell you is that. I had many, many colds as a child because the, the doctors went in at the when I was 10 and ripped out my tonsils and adenoids and punctured my sinuses and drained sinuses, all of which are necessary, all of which uh, they violated things that are part of my immune system. So I had many years of colds until I got into my 20s, uh, and then people just grow out of that. But Tim, if any of my miserable colds, and colds would knock me around for four days when I was a child. If any of my ch- if any of my childhood calls was as easy as COVID for me, I would have had a much happier and easier <laughs> childhood, much happier. But having said that, um, what I what I believe is that the virus, if you don't treat it seriously, for some people can kill them, and we know it does. So, and uh, and I, I treat it with respect, but um, the government has, as I said earlier, has used this virus to control people. They have not controlled the virus they have not managed the virus they've completely mismanaged it and done enormous damage economically mental health wise physically disease wise they've caused cancers to explode and then above all they brought in this untested experimental gene therapy technique at uh, treatment and that has done enormous damage we have seen people crippled for life in some occasions people dead people who have been severely injured and then we're told, oh, it's just mild myocarditis. Don't worry about it. It's myocarditis. It can kill people and it is killing people. Blood clots, strokes, blindness, um, you name it, people are getting it. And, and, and so it's just been disgusting what's going on. This, this has been, um, if not premeditated, then there's an awful lot of negligence involved and there's an awful lot of ignorance. But I, I believe the senior people are, have been premeditating this because they've Amen. done everything possible. They have stopped. This is the first time. There are so many firsts, Tim, and I can go into them if you want. This, the, yes, the first please. First time, okay. Um, well, well. Before we go into the first, perhaps so I can talk about our our um, uh, federal 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 constitution. We have a federation of independent states, just like America. In fact, there are a lot of elements of our constitution that are copied from your country's constitution. Uh, we have a federal government that it should be responsible for very, very little, but is increasingly taking up the states, and then we have the states' duties, and then we have the states. And the federal government is swallowing up the states' duties. Now, in our constitution, the federal government cannot conscript the use of a medication. Now, the High Court has taken that on a very um, loose interpretation, very specific interpretation, I should say, meaning that they can't force you to pay for it. But, the, but the, it's accepted across our country that the federal government cannot mandate the use of any treatment. Our Prime Minister, a supposed conservative, a supposed Christian, is a complete liar. He behaves as anything unlike a Christian. Amen. He has said repeatedly that Australia has no vaccine mandates. No vaccine mandates. Yet think of what his, country, what his, comp- what his uh, federal government does. His government bought 280 million doses of this crap for 25 million people, counting all new, newborns as well.
0: Malcolm, we're, in, in, your, in your government, is he authorized to take the people's money and do that? Yes, he is. Wow. Yes, he is. Um, and, and
1: then the second thing is the federal government indemnified the states for, from any damage. My Senate party leader, my my party leader, Senator Pauline Hanson, a wonderful woman, very strong woman, moved, in fact, that a bill, I introduced a bill on her behalf, outlawing, if it had been passed, it would have banned the the discrimination based on injection status. Um, That would have made all of these mandates impossible. Uh, Then the states have all said That the vaccine, the injection mandates, are in line with the unconstitutional so-called national cabinet that the prime minister himself leads. He leads it, and so they're they're saying they're they're in in line with the with the unconstitutional national cabinet. So they're doing what the prime minister is agreeing to. Tim, they with withheld withdrew rather they withdrew a proven, safe, effective, affordable, accessible treatment called ivermectin and natural treatments as well. Now, the federal government uh, health department provides the injection data uh, from the Australian Immunisation Register to the state governments. Without that, they wouldn't have been able to uh, mandate these injections. The federal government goes against its own statements, goes against the constitution by injecting, mandating injections for aged care workers, mandating the Australian electoral commissions uh, Paid workers for the, for the ele- coming election, requires some defense personnel to inject, requires our border force, or what you would call customs and immigration force, to, to be injected. It drove employers to, to mandate injections. Yet our so called Christian prime minister says there are no injection mandates in this country. So He's lying through his confi- teeth. Sorry? He's lying through his teeth. He is. And, and the man is a fake Christian. He, goes, he pretends to be a Christian because he knows yeah. that the Christian vote will go for it. Now, these are some of the first. I put together a list of, of 33 or so firsts in this country, the first time these things have happened. Kennedy said, Robert, Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr. said, this is the first time a society has sacrificed its young children to protect the old people. In the past, always amongst humans, amongst all animal species, the old sacrifice their 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 lives, if necessary, their health, for the future, for the young. The old give way to the young because we all want to propagate our species. In this occasion, it's the young who are sacrificed for the old. And in our country, and I suspect in your country, because there's no sensible, comprehensive, proper plan for managing the virus, the old have not been protected either. So that's the first first. The second first is that this is the first time in our country that a government has knowingly injected healthy people, healthy young people, with something that can kill them, something untested. This is the first time they've been forced to do that. That is immoral. It's inhuman. This is the first time that the government has withheld a safe, proven, effective, accessible, uh, readily available uh, proven drug in the form of ivermectin this is the first time that the health minister in our country has said these are his words the world is engaged in the largest clinical vaccination trial that man's name is greg hunt he is from he was in two years in the world economic forum in 2000 and 2001 where he was director of strategy so not only is he acknowledging that these injections are experimental they're mandating it these this is the first time something has been prescribed without testing, based on literature review and lies from Pfizer. This is the first time we've had a massive wealth transfer of $8 billion plus. We're in a little country. $8 billion is an enormous amount. This is the first time where state premiers, your equivalent of your state governors, have withheld freedoms using emergency declarations and then bribe people by saying, if you get so many injections, if you be a good boy and good girl, then we'll give you your freedom back, your basic human rights back. This is the first time that doctors and nurses have been bullied, threatened, coerced, intimidated into giving false advice to their patients, going against what they believe. This is the first time doctors have been beaten into into, uh, um, not reporting injection injuries. This is the first time that the doctor-patient relationship has been breached. And instead of going to a doctor now to see your doctor, you don't have a relationship with the doctor. You have a relationship with the puppeteers behind him. Uh, This is the first time that breaches of confidential have, confidentiality have occurred on, on a wide scale with uh, doctor patient confidentiality. This is the first time we've had small business, um, being asked to be the policeman to enforce uh Injection mandates and not letting people into their businesses. This is the first time small business has been asked to be medical authorities and assessing that the the health of the, these people or the whether or not they've been injected. This is the first time when we've had a deadly pandemic with no pandemic of deaths. This is just deceit, 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 deceit everywhere, and it's deceit and control are the two words that I associate with this virus. Deceit and control. Actually, not the virus. Actually, the government's response so we're continually reminded falsely that the virus has done this the virus has done that the virus has done that rubbish it is the government's restrictions state and federal that have done that that's right and quite clearly what quite clearly tim what really shows it up is that we have a very we have a, a labour state government which is semi socialist and we have a, a so-called conservative liberal national federal government they have been working hand in hand to punish the people to control the people to suppress the people to bring a blight on our people's health they have been working together only by working together could they have done this both supposedly on opposite sides of the political spectrum working together and clearly working under the instructions the guidance of the UN's world health organization and the and the world economic forum two globalist predators they're, they're an organization of global predators and they are seeking control and one unelected socialist global governance. That is quite clear. And they're using this to, to develop in people a submission, a submissive attitude uh, to bring in, they've tested many new forms of control, many new forms of propaganda, many new forms of censorship. They've proven all of these things work. They've tested, they've tested electronic monitoring. Electronic passports, which I call digital prisons, and they're looking at now introducing the digital identity bill into our federal parliament. We've already seen a look at it. Copy parts of that that digital identity bill, which is really leading to a social credit system and a living wage, whereby they will control us. It'll be back to feudalism for most people, Tim. Um, but what we've seen from that is that they have lifted. My 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 office has done the research on this. We've led the way in this country in exposing this rubbish. They have lifted, in designing their bill, they have lifted, copied and pasted elements of the World Economic Forum's digital transformation program into our digital identity bill, which seeks to control people. What they will do with that is that they will, we've seen it in their words, they will take people's data, they will then sell it to a corporation, wherever that corporation is headquartered, they can store the data there under other countries' laws, not guaranteeing our our, um, our uh, digital our, our identity, not guaranteeing the, the sanctity of our identity and security, and they can then sell it back. So we will be in the laughable position where if I wanna check my health data, I'll have to pay a foreign corporation to be able to do so. What that will lead to, they're also looking now at um, cryptocurrency, Not just an Australian cryptocurrency issued by the government, but a global cryptocurrency. The Reserve Bank of Australia, that I have questioned, has admitted that. The the Reserve Bank of Australia, as they tried to ban cash, but my office, my I, with my office doing the research, stopped the banning of cash in this country for transactions over two thousand dollars because we were concerned that it would lead to banning of cash below two thousand dollars in the future. So we stopped that. and what we're what we're very concerned about now is that the Reserve Bank of Australia, the equivalent of your Fed, although your Fed is privately owned, ours is not. It's privately controlled, we suspect, but uh, it's not privately owned. Our Fed, our Reserve Bank of Australia, has already been has already now got the new payments platform system involved uh, installed, where every every electronic transaction goes through that node, every transaction. So you combine the the integration of government data systems sold to corporations combine that with the electronic transactions being monitored and you have a total record of everyone's every movement you add then the the uh, what do they call them the the qr codes the other electronic surveillance devices that were installed during covid you have a complete
0: surveillance system for the yep. people of Australia. Yep. Malcolm, and then we have people in Sweden, can, Italy, and China. Can you hang on just a second? Can you hang over with us just a few minutes? Is that okay to do? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, we sure. got to close out the show here for the radio. So if you guys listening on Red State Talk Radio, if you want to jump over to it's news.com or any of our other uh, platforms that we're streaming to, please do so. You'll catch the rest of the interview here with Malcolm. And I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you with regard to this. Uh, and see what's going on, because we're facing the same thing here. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Media.com. And yes, I realize I said it wrong yesterday. Today is Tuesday. We're going to have Rotten at the Core Wednesday with the Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor tomorrow. See ya. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Malcolm, one of the things you touched on was the UN and the World Economic Forum. I don't know if you've seen this. They announced an agreement between them to push their agenda 2030, which I think all of this has a I think this is their steps in pushing their global agenda uh, of what they're wanting to do. Listen to this announcement, it's only a couple of seconds here. This afternoon, the Secretary-General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. All right, so we, we hear this. The question I have is, if there is anything that's a threat, not only to the U.S., but to Australia, and I would say to all countries, it's the United Nations and it's the World Economic Forum. And I don't understand why these nations aren't getting together and sending in their special forces to take these guys out. They are, th- they are, they are enemies to the countries that they're they are seeking to control, just like what you said. And I, I can't understand that, but at the same time, I think I do understand it, because even in your presentation earlier, you said, we, you know, we need to have the, our health department look at this, and we need to have our Royal Commission. We need have, well, my question is, Malcolm, how do you do that? When at the top, all these people are corrupt, and they're corrupt by sitting back. They're signing documents saying, you people of Australia, or or America, in, in fact, you can't sue the big pharma companies uh for their experimentation on you, the guinea pig, uh even when they're not giving you informed consent and all of this stuff. They're just as corrupt as the other guys. It seems like, to me, this has to come from the people, not from their representatives, because their representatives, to me are corrupt. And that's why in, in our county, we are built rebuilding, we're wanting to rebuild the common law grand jury to indict these rascals. And then the, the constitutional militia, which is the only enforcement, um, law enforcement that we have under our constitution, which is the people, the men who bring, who bring about the, the execution of the law. That, in fact, that's one of the things that they're supposed to do, repel invasions and, and put down insurrections. And so, are you of that mindset that the people are the ones that are going to have to eventually come up and deal with their corrupt politicians in some way or another? Or 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 is this a thing where we're just going to have to sit back and let people investigate more and spend more of our money or more of Australians' money and not get anything from it? Well, let's be clear. My answer is yes. There's okay. no doubt about that. <laughs> right. Yes.
1: But let, let's let look at um, maybe slightly differently in some ways than, than what you're saying, but uh we, we can't afford to do it violently because uh, if, if, if we use violence, then we're just behaving like them. But this is the UN's Earth Summit Rio Declaration in uh, 1992, which our government signed, which your then-president, George H. Bush, um, George Bush Sr., said praised the new world order that was dawning. Now, this is from the United Nations, the Earth Summit, Agenda 21. That was to be for a 21st century global governance. It is now called Agenda 2030. They want it by 2030. Some of our political parties in this country that are senior political parties in this country have their policies deadlined uh, 2030. So let's have a look at some of the the key components in this book. I'll, I'll open that book up again. There's a statement here from Maurice Strong who was Secretary-General, United Nations Conference on Environment and Development. Now, Maurice Strong, I won't go into the details, we don't have time for it, formed the United Nations Environmental Program, an absolutely disgusting, inhuman entity. It is responsible for the banning of DDT, which in turn caused 40 to 50 million deaths by the banning of DDT. That puts him in the league ahead uh, ahead of Hitler around about where Stalin is, but behind Mao Tung and the number of people who died at at their hands. That's the kind of man this this man was. He died in 2015. He is the father, the inventor of global warming and climate change. It is a complete scam. I can tell you that another time. But we we have hard evidence of that very fact. I'm not just talking about the science. We have put the government and the science agencies on the spotlight. And instead of arguing with them, we've just said, give us your uh, evidence. We put the onus on them. They have failed miserably and they have embarrassed themselves. This is what, this is what Marie Strong said in closing the foreword to this book from the United Nations. There is much to be done. And I look to the new United Nations Commission on Sustainable Development to be the focal point for the massive effort needed to create the new era of international cooperation, the new global partnership. That will make this shift possible that is global governance now Maurice strong said he had two aims in his life one was to de-industrialize western civilization the man is crazy or was crazy the second is to put in place an unelected socialist global governance now tim you'd be familiar uh, you've got gray in your beard so you'd be familiar that corporations football clubs <laughs> social clubs can be run by someone other than an elected official. Sure. Governance does not require elections. So he also says in his in the introduction, the book says, Agenda 21 stands as a comprehensive blueprint for action to be taken globally from now into the 21st century by governments, by United Nations organizations, by development agencies, by non-governmental organizations, and by independent sector groups in every area in which human activity impacts on the environment. There is not one thing that a human being does that cannot be told to us to inge- that affects the environment. Not one thing that doesn't affect the environment, sorry. Everything we do, even our breathing, affects the environment
0: because now they're claiming carbon dioxide that we exhale is a pollutant. Which, any, which by the way, let's just point out, anybody who was in elementary school at the time I was, right, you, what did you learn about carbon dioxide? You learned <laughs> that breathing that out helps the plants, right? And if you yeah. help the plants, what are the plants producing for you? Air to breathe. So the whole- Carbon, the whole di- ca- carbon dioxide, not yeah. carbon monoxide. Right, carbon, Car- dioxide. carbon dioxide. Yeah, you're right. And w- we learned that early on, or at least I did. I, you know, My kids did. I don't know about kids in public schools today, but but we learned that. And they're using that as a hoax against us to get into our wallet, to control us, just like they're using this alleged virus. Uh, to do the same thing. So you're exactly right. I, I see what they're doing there. And 2030 is a large bit of pushing people into cities, getting them out of the rural areas. When we had G. Edward Griffin on, I asked him, I said, what are they going to do with rednecks like me out in the middle of rural South Carolina? <laughs> what did they have? A, oh, yeah, they have a plan for getting you in there, too. Well, I think I would just rather fight on and believe you me, there is a place for violence. Violence is not always wrong. To do the right thing is a good thing. I preferred to do it peacefully. But when you have violent men who are going to attack you violently, there is no response but to deal with them. And I've said the thing about a draft with all this Ukraine and World War III talk and stuff like that i just soon fight the tyrants in my own backyard than send my boys over some place where I know it's corrupt and yes. it's corrupt over here. Yes. And we fight the tyrants here on our soil. And if we die, we die. But we honor God by going against those who are against him, who are warring against him. And so I, I get that. But I, I think that's the thing is, are we going to trust those that we know are corrupt who are in bed with big pharma Are we going to trust them to do the right thing? You uh, people didn't see it when I said, "Are the people going to have to rise up?" You know, Malcolm held up his hand. Yes, that's what. That's you agreed with that. How can the people do that? Are they going to have to just continually go out and put the pressure on their representatives to say, "We're going to, we're going to hold you. You're going to do the right thing, one way or the other. You're going to do it on your own, or we're going to make you do it." I mean, do you agree with that kind of persistence in that? Because. The government's supposed to represent them, not be a not be a tyrant to them. Well, you, you, your
1: speech, uh, you, sorry, your segment of my speech at the start of your previous program uh, cut off the, 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 my early words. I start every speech, unless it's a two-minute speech or a three-minute speech or shorter. I start every speech with the words, "As a servant to the people of Queensland, my state." And Australia. I am a senator representing my state in our national our federal parliament. Amen. As a servant to the people of Queensland and Australia. When I first did that in my very first speech in the Senate, I had people from the socialists and people from the so-called conservatives, the fraudulent conservatives, the pseudo-conservatives, snigger and laugh at me. They're not laughing now. In my first speech, I called on Australia to exit the United Nations exit the united nations amen amen it is a vile corrupt inhuman anti-human entity that is all about global control the major global predators in our world who seek to control and who do control many aspects of our lives they form the united nations for their benefit now tim if i come into your studio and hold a gun to your head everyone knows that i'm controlling you but if i Get hold of your kids in school and put uh, all kinds of gender fluidity, um, sexuality changes, uh, indoctrination, don't teach them the Constitution, don't teach them history, don't teach them law, don't teach them about elections, don't teach them about how Congress works and the systems of government at state, federal and local level. And if I then instead fill their heads with rubbish, anti-human rubbish that says, Humans are vile, irresponsible, greedy, uncaring, rapacious. We are dealing then with adults in 20 years' time who are very, very malleable, have no values. Um, Well, they've been demoralized. That's the way socialists do, yeah. Exactly. And when what happens um, when when, this is about returning control to just a few people. When we lived in feudalism, when our predecessors lived in feudalism, we had one person, the lord of the manor, controlled several families who eked out a living on on his land and they barely had enough to keep their life. That was perfect for the lord of the manor. Now then we had marvellous inventions in in, uh, Britain in particular and then in the United States, brought about the Industrial Revolution. Enormous freedom developed. As people got wealthier, they became and everyone became wealthier uh, they became freer, and and then they the the globalist predators would have had lost control. They want control back, and now they're doing it very very subtly by the long march of the left through the institutions. I don't use the word left and right usually. I use the word freedom versus
0: control. Amen.
1: Or and, lawful and so, versus lawless. That that's even yes, better. That's that. Yeah, but um, so what well, what they try to do first of all is destroy faith, destroy religion. Religions bring two things. I don't necessarily agree with with some aspects of, of many of the religions. Even some so-called Christian religions seem to now preach the the opposite of what Christ was teaching. Christ, Amen. They do. I You're exactly it, preached, right. Preach forgiveness, grace, um, and 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 freedom. Really, real freedom, not just freedom from each other, but freedom from our own egos and our own desire to control. So there's a faith aspect to a religion. There's also a very, very important part, as far as I understand it, I'm not a theologian, uh, as I understand it, there's a very significant part that involves a code of conduct. And that code of conduct is similar in many, that same at, at, the, at the core of that code of conduct across the major religions in the world is the same on same values, respect each other, love each other, love the Lord, um, basically uh, integrity, honesty, no stealing, etc and so they the communists destroy religion because that gives people that makes people easy to control very malleable the communists destroy the nation state because in this case what they want to do is they want to create a global governance the communists also destroy family because when you don't have family who do you turn to when it turns to mess you turn turn to to government. government yep so that's exactly what they're doing. And they're above all, what they're doing is they're creating a very anti-human uh, message for people, adults and especially children, future adults. And this anti-human, they turn people on people. They also set up environments where you, you have a victim, a self, a, an artificially created victim that then sets up conflict, one versus the other, injection versus the non-injected they try to set that up and one of the beautiful things we've seen in australia is that many people who've been injected do not resent this, those who've chosen not to be injected and those who've been inje- who chose not to be injected don't criticize those who've been injected either forcibly or voluntarily so that they that this this aspect of their plan has backfired on them they haven't they haven't created a, a us versus them but what they have done is created a complete abandonment of basic values in our society. And they've confused children with regard to so many things, gender, morals, sexuality, um, and they preyed on young people. And that is abhorrent. That, that is just absolutely disgraceful. And the absolutely. mockingbird media has helped
0: them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we point back to things like Deuteronomy 28 in the scriptures where you know, there's 15 verses. God says, if you obey my commandments, which are good, they're not burdensome, Uh, They're not heavy. In fact, Jesus says, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, if you obey these things, I'll give you so many blessings, they'll overtake you. But if you don't, he takes three times as many verses to say about the curses that's going to come and overtake the people, including what we see of the, uh, the foreign invasion. I don't know if you guys have that as far as all the refugees coming over from the Middle East and stuff. We're having those and they're colonizing them. Okay, and then we have the people coming over from the southern border into our country. Look, people who say the Bible is ancient, it's outdated, it's right on target because God doesn't change, and and the fact of the matter is, neither does man. Man just comes up with new ways to commit new to commit old sins. But one of the things that Jesus does tell us is this: when He's dealing with the Pharisees of the day, and I, I appreciate the fact that you said there are people who who are the fake Christians. They're 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 kind of you know, syrupy, milk toast kind of gracie people, but they have. There's no real power from what they're doing. Jesus said this to the Pharisees. They answered him, "We be Abraham's seed, and we never in bo- uh, were never in bondage to any man, that, even though they were under the bondage of the Roman Empire." This is how deceived they were. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, "Verily, verily, I say to you, whosoever committeth sin—that's a violation of the law—is what First John tells us that sin is transgression of the law." "...is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed." I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. So he distinguishes different, different lines here, and he's talking about spiritual lines. They answered and said to him, Abraham is a fi- father, and Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And he ended up telling him, he says, your father is the devil. That's who. That's who your father is. So when we talk about races, we're really talking about spiritual races. Everybody's got the same skin color. It's just different shades of it. That's that's all it is. We've all got red blood, Tim. That's right. We all do. So when Jesus talks about these things, He has made us free, indeed, to do what? To do whatever we want to do, or to do what is right under the law. And I'm talking about the law of God. You mentioned. I, I think you uh, you appealed to that a little bit ago when you talked about you know doing the right things. Well, what are the right things? They're the things that our creator has laid out. It's, it's in natural law, but it's also in the scriptures too. We don't steal. We don't kill. We don't commit adultery. We don't covet. We don't uh, bear false witness against our neighbor. We honor our parents. We keep the Sabbath day. We don't have any other gods before us. All these kinds of things. And you're exactly right. The socialists get in there and they want to wedge under that. And to me, it's not religion. It's the relationship we have because we're sons and daughters of the Most High. He's our father. It's not a religion. In fact, the Bible uses the term religion, I think, in one place in James. And it says, pure and undefiled religion is to take care of widows and to visit orphans. And so when when we're looking at it, it is a way of life for us. And I see the tyrants. You know, I got to tell you, my blood boils when I've seen some of the videos out of Australia where the agents of the state are just attacking the people. They're just attacking them. They're not serving them. And I I've warned, I said, you guys who are doing this, you're not upholding your oath, you're not protecting the people, you're doing just like the Nazis did in Germany. And you know what? When they get there as Malcolm, there's not going to be any mercy from me. I'm not going to shed a tear for him because if you treat your neighbor like that, and your neighbor turns on you and squashes you in order to obtain their freedom. Sorry, you you should have you should have had a little bit moral compass. About you than than you did, and uh, so I, I'm glad to see that you're standing up. Uh, I really like the interview. I really appreciate a lot of th- a lot of the things that you say. Can you give us kind of a final word? Where did, where do things go from here, though? You're, you're saying all these investigations need to go, and these things. That, what have you done to see it through? That that's kind of what I want to see. What what is Malcolm Roberts doing or has done to see through the words that you gave us at the first of the show?
1: One of the things we did was uh, I just gave you a hint by saying that in my first speech, I called for an exit from the United Nations. Um, And I've been calling for that ever since. And I've been calling for an exit from the United Nations World Health Organization. Donald Trump took America out of that or stopped funding it and tried to take it out, take your country out out of the World Health Organization. We have been speaking very vigorously about the UN and about the World Economic Forum, exposing them every chance we can get. And what we've done, when, when, when I first did it, I thought I'd be met with all kinds of kooky labels and, and, and uh, slammed. <laughs> but people didn't do it, but, but they, they thought I was a bit of a kook. Now people are starting to see what I've, what I've been saying all along. We have been sowing the seeds and preparing these people, not to mislead them, but to open their eyes. And so what we've got now is people in this country, for the first time, showing very, very strong signs that they will put the majors last. Now, what that means is in our election, which is coming up in a week and a half, a federal election, then the major parties, which are the equivalent of your Democrats and Republicans, have been infiltrated both by World Economic Forum apostles and UN disciples and agents, agents would be a better word, and so what we've been showing them now is how many aspects of our lives are under the control of the UN and the World Economic Forum. We're showing them how many other things are coming that way, the digital identity bill, for example, a cashless society, digital currencies, global digital currencies, the climate uh, change scam, which is all about control, control of, uh, control of what you live, where you live, how you live, how you, live, how you work. What you eat, literally, what you eat. They want to ban beef. This is this is fact. Yeah, Our it is. Our government has given sixty-four million dollars to the United Nations to come up with bug ca- casserole, uh,
0: cockroach casseroles. You know, grass <laughs> milkshakes. I mean, I'm serious. Or are the pink slime million of million dollars. Yeah, or the fake pink lab meat from uh, Bill yeah. Gates. He's in the midst of yeah. that too. So what we've been doing is educating people, and now we have
1: got a very strong sign. That there's a massive awakening in this country now that may only be 20 percent of the people but it's a damn good start and so what Amen. we've got now is people Amen. saying they have really the united nations and the world economic forum the globalist predators who drive both entities have revealed too much of their hand they've gone too far too quickly now in in some ways they went quickly to in to dominate the the people to indoctrinate the people to bring in all kinds of controls like like I was reading through some of the firsts, any one of those, Tim, in a sensible era, people would have been shocked and just revolted, but they have had these one after the other and they've just been reeling the whole time. Now people are stopping being giddy and they're waking up and they're saying, what is going on? And they're saying, and now they can see what we've been talking about with the United Nations and they're putting two and two together and they're saying to the Liberal Party and to the Labor Party and the National Party and the Greens, you, buggers, have wrecked our country. You've stolen our country, handed it over to the globalist predators, and we've lost it. We want it back. And they're now starting to look to the, what we're calling the freedom parties. And this is the first time in our country's history that I'm aware of where we've had five, six, seven minor freedom parties all sprout up following us. Amen. And, Good. And, and And then we're now posing, we're now saying to people, put the majors last because we have a preferential system of voting. Vote one for the freedom parties. We're even saying, vote one, vote, vote for the freedom parties first, preferably us once, uh, first number one. But we're saying openly, let's work together with these freedom parties. Our candidates have been working together because the goal is not to get our candidates elected so much as to get good people elected, preferably our candidates, good people elected, so we can restore freedoms. That's become our goal, and the people are starting to wake up. I'm guessing only twenty percent. Uh, are, are waking up. Twenty really percent is a huge number.
0: That's a huge it is, number, but
1: it is. But you know that doesn't translate into many seats in in the House of Representatives, and, and it translates into a few senators. Uh, but we'll see what happens because uh, it just depends what happens with the propaganda and the the uh, the way that election is conducted. But it's a very very hopeful sign. So Tim, what I'm saying is that we have been we have been heading off this UN push, the World Economic Forum push for six years now and and finally the time is coming so we anticipated this we will use the same tactics they're using except we will use truth and data and facts and we will do so calmly but above all we will make sure that people follow the the ballot box and do it peacefully because we don't we've had some people in this country calling for insurrection that's not the way to do it because all you're doing then is replacing one group of tyrants with another group of tyrants. sure we're not about that we want freedom in the battle between freedom and control we want freedom to win not our control
0: yeah now let me let you let uh, let me let you know a couple of things from americans here on this side of the pond so uh, you know we don't usually don't use that with with australians but i guess <laughs> i know the history of us uh, of australia where you guys are considered sort of the uh, they sent all the criminals down there you know from england and all well
1: only because georgia was uh, revolted and you couldn't, we couldn't
0: britain couldn't keep sending them to georgia yeah but there's some so, thank you very much for your revolution that country wouldn't have started <laughs> but you know all the people that i've had on the show from australia are great and you've been great you've been a great guest in fact a lot of people have said this is a good guest a uh, great guest that you've had on uh, one uh, lady says um uh, fantastic interview and another one said keep fighting and doing what you're doing sir um, a great interview with a great guest. Um, and what I want to do, Malcolm, is this. Can I Can I just interrupt sure, you for a minute, please? Sure, sure, please. Uh, you, you're probably
1: not aware of it, but uh, I'm married to an American. My Our, our children uh, are both dual citizens, America and Australia. My wife's a dual citizen. Um, I spent five years in the United States, uh, 18 months working, two years studying, uh, a year and a half traveling i've been through all 50 of your states I've, I've studied in the course of my travels your history and what a marvelous country you have so i admire america um i don't admire the way your your government has been hijacked because well I've neither do america we in recent years. <laughs> but but i mean yeah, you 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 as as a people you are one of the best countries in the world uh, and I mean that sincerely. Americans and Australians have a very strong bond, very strong affinity. We, we look the same. Amen. We, we, uh, we, we've got diverse cultures, diverse racial backgrounds, uh, but we, we
0: are very, very similar in our values, and that's what binds us. Amen. And, you know, I, I think at the center of it, what, what forms that, what formed early on our government, and I speak in terms of before the Constitution, most people are are ignorant of the fact that when the pilgrims landed they established the mayflower compact and it was specifically yep. based upon christianity it was based upon the gospel of jesus christ and you know you have the law of god and then you have the gospel that brings redemption to people who have violated that law so that was at the center of government and they wanted to see it in every aspect of life now we've lost some of that granted we've lost some of that we've been in rebellion against god there's no question about it we are in need of repentance and that's what we preach here at the sons of liberty and it sounds like that's what you're talking about there in australia too there needs to be a repentance among the people uh because usually the government is a is a reflection of the people and then the people that government is used as a as a tyranny to make the people understand as a discipline from God, hey, you have not been doing your duties before me. You've given liberties. You've been given rights or authorities. That's that's what it really means to do what is right. And the people have said, no, we'll just do what we want to do. And now when the tyranny comes down, it becomes a discipline to the people to turn them back to God. And I'm hoping for that. So what I want to do, Malcolm, is I want to give you the last word. Do you have a word of exhortation? Because you're speaking to an American audience, although it's going around the world, you're speaking to an American audience as an Australian uh, and a senator there. Do you have any words of encouragement you would give to America? Because I got to tell you, America should be leading this charge in this global hoax that's been going on that's killing people. Uh, and yet what we see is Canada is doing it, Australia is doing it, other England's, you know, pl- portions of England are doing it, and America, for a large part, it's not that it's, there aren't pockets of that, but we're seeing other people lead the way. Would you have a word for Americans uh, a- of exhortation regarding this issue that we're talking about?
1: Yes, um, you've given us, well, you've built on the, the British tradition, the British really gave it to us, but the Americans developed it magnificently. Um, your constitution is the same as our constitution in that the people are the only entity that can change that governing document. They're the only people, only, only entity that can change that. Um, and, and so you are the sovereigns of your country. You are the rulers of your country. You, the people of America, are the rulers of America. The government, you instilled in the world the belief that the government governs only with the consent of the governed. Now, okay, the British really started that, but you really took it a long way further. We had the Magna Carta. We had the American Declaration of Independence. We had the American Constitution. So I have always admired the United States. Everywhere I've gone, you know, I've seen the United States has had a leadership role. And I can be traveling through. I've been through every, all 50 of your states. I can be traveling through somewhere in Iowa. And i come across a, a, a small town with a magnificent building in it. And across the arches of that the entry of that building will be the words dedicated to the people of the world, and they meant it. They meant it, and and so the United States has that position of leadership. But unfortunately, the people of the United States have been sidelined by the globalist predators who are running the global. They're trying to run this planet. They're doing an abysmal job of it, and a human job of it. So, America, please wake up. You are a blessed country. You are a wonderful people. You have a role to play in leading the planet and in the right sense of, of leadership, not in the control sense, but leading it in form of freedom. You had a, you had a coup d'etat in 2020 when not a shot was fired, when yep. President Trump was removed yep. from office. That was a coup d'etat. We watched it from here. We know what happened. So we're not advocating violence, but we are saying, please, America, stand up be free, take over your country again, lawfully through the ballot box, through holding your your, uh, representatives. They're your representatives to do work for you. So take them, make them accountable. We are starting to do that here. We have a long way to go, but it it, it begins with things like what you're doing, Tim, Sons of Liberty, starting to preach the truth. and, And when we base decisions on data, fact, and we go calmly about implementing them and calmly about communicating them, we will win. We will win because freedom is the most powerful force in the world
0: next to love. Amen. Amen. And and God is love. The Bible does teach that, yes. that God is love. But at the same time, he is just and he is holy. And the people are, you know, when you said that, they're the sovereigns. Uh, Romans 13, a lot of people misquote that and twist it to say we should just bow to every tyranny under man. That's not what it's saying, because Paul says they're they're not a terror to those who do good. So if you're doing good and you're terrified because government's coming after you, well, then you might need to rethink your understanding of Romans 13, because in America, what our forefathers established were— where the people were the king, if you will, of Romans 13. We're the ones to enforce the law. And when those who are representing us are, are violating that law, we have to bring them to account. And I, I that's what I appreciated so much. When I saw your, uh, you almost brought me to tears the first time I saw you speaking about that, that thing that we played at the first of the show, because I'm like, that is right there, what you said, the heart of Sons of Liberty. We're not. Squishy, mushy, syrupy, milky kind of... People about God's grace. God's grace empowers us to overcome sin or lawlessness, and to push that on the society and to point them to the Savior, who is Jesus Christ, the only name given under heaven, what about whereby men must be saved. And so, uh, Malcolm, hang on for me. I'll say goodbye to you off air, guys. Catch Bradley at three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia dot and we'll be back with you in the morning with the Comic Core Diva, Lynn Taylor, for Rotten of the Core Wednesday. And uh, until then, Lord willing, we'll see you.